It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by me, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, where you can follow us there. You can also follow us and check us out on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to all of your favorite podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the season and really just every Friday in general, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, already getting some in now. So go ahead and either at me on Twitter or DM me on Twitter. But first, press that follow button at Julian Council on Twitter. So people are still mad as hell, clearly, um, from what I've seen throughout the last 24 hours or so post the Panthers' loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium. One of the more inexplicable losses that we've ever seen in Carolina Panthers history. It's as bad as what we saw last year in Minnesota and how they were able to lose that football game. And we've seen it throughout the 27-year history of this organization here in Charlotte. So it wasn't good. And Matt Rule, to his credit, he came out there and he certainly said that at the at the, at the end of the day, it all falls on him. It's a whole organizational team failure, the 21-18 loss at home on Sunday to the Philadelphia Eagles. Fine, sure. He's the head coach, so... If these things continue to happen, it will be the end of him. Like, that's how it works in the league. You know, the head coach doesn't win, and these things continue to happen, like the lack of a development on the offensive line and the continued issues in the third quarter. And he says it keeps him up and it drives him as crazy as it drives everyone else out there. But still, like, he has an opportunity to fix it. Us here having the conversation right now, we can't fix that at all. But here's also something that falls at the feet of Matt Rule. His decision to bring Sam Darnold here to Carolina. Again, like I said to y'all on Sunday, I'm not ready to sit here and say that Sam Darnold is not going to work here in Carolina. I'm going to give him time to prove that he can be the quarterback here this beyond, beyond this season because he has this year, and every game is going to be an evaluation. I saw someone asked on Football Morning America with Peter King, asking about Sam Darnold, being like, oh, Peter, why aren't you sold that Sam Darnold's the guy? And I guess he probably asked this question prior to Sunday's performance because I can't imagine anyone is out there emailing Peter King and being like, oh, hey, Sam Darnold clearly should be here past 2022 or past this season based off of the three-interception performance that we saw on Sunday. But Matt Rule had a chance with Teddy Bridgewater to be his quarterback, and I don't think anyone... Any reasonable person really thought that Teddy Bridgewater was going to be a long-term answer here in Carolina. I thought maybe, yeah, he'd get two years, and after that, he'd be gone like he'd get last year. They'd draft a quarterback. That quarterback would sit behind Teddy, maybe take over at some point this season. And in Teddy's deal, the one they originally signed him to, they had an out in the contract after the season, and he would be done, and the Panthers would have their new franchise quarterback. 
Instead, David Tepper, who's in constant pursuit of that franchise quarterback, does not have the patience to sit here and watch a rookie develop. So they went after Matthew Stafford, didn't work. We're looking at Deshaun Watson, of course, with the legal issues. That didn't happen. And they came to Sam Darnold. So this organization can say they believe in Sam Darnold all they want. They can keep telling us that. It doesn't matter to me. Your actions speak louder than your words. Like the Carolina Panthers clearly believe that they have a team that can compete this year when they decide to go out there and sign a guy like Stephon Gilmore, where they trade for him. Don't tell me that you believe in Sam Darnold. That was your guy when everyone knows that you were in on every deal when it came to quarterbacks and that you ended up landing on your third option in Sam Darnold. And maybe... I guess they might have rather had him than wait for a rookie like I talked about with David Tepper and not wanting to see what was going to go on with Mac Jones and Justin Fields, two guys who are right there. And I also believe that the Carolina Panthers were in love with any of these quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, that they would have done the same trade and been aggressive just like San Francisco did to go up there and get Trey Lance. And we've seen that Skeff Fitterer has no problem in departing draft picks to go get players, especially if it's a proven player like a Gilmore. And they got CJ Henderson, who are they're hoping to develop, and he's going to be the top 10 talent that he was drafted to be out of the University of Florida when he went with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're hoping that they can reclaim Sam Darnold. But one thing I don't want to hear, though, this season, after three years of clear tape that Sam Darnold is god-awful when it comes to facing pressure, I don't want to hear any excuses about the offensive line not giving Sam Darnold an opportunity. I don't want to hear it. I really do not want to hear it. Because at what point in time are we allowed to criticize this play? Because it was the Jets' fault, right? It was the Jets. Okay, well, it's the Jets' fault. They didn't have any talent around them. The O-line was terrible. The wide receivers were terrible. The running backs were terrible. Adam Gase is an idiot. It's clearly not Sam Darnold's fault. But when he does the same things we saw for three seasons in New York, it's not his fault still, right? Because that's what I've been seeing a lot over the last 24 hours of, oh, it's the offensive line. It's the offensive line, which has been an annual issue here in Carolina. Cam Newton, in part, is not in the league anymore because they could not protect him. And it's not just the offensive line. Because when we talk about being able to elevate and go and be in an offense where you have a bad offensive line, where a lot of teams in the NFL, the majority of teams in the NFL, don't have great offensive line situations. But still, week in and week out, the best quarterbacks in the league are able to somehow overcome it. But for whatever reason, through three years and five games so far this season, especially the last six quarters, Sam Darnold has not been able to overcome it. And I keep hearing about, oh, Patrick Mahomes, you saw what happened in the Super Bowl. They lost both their tackles to injury. It wasn't because they were bad. It was Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz got injured. That's why they had such a problem in the Super Bowl. Mahomes is running for his life. But even still, Patrick Mahomes went out there and played a hell of a lot better than Sam Darnold would have done in that same situation. So I don't want to hear the excuses. At what point in time are you allowed to criticize the man? Like, seriously, he's gone out there and said publicly, I didn't do my job in New York. Now we're hearing about how he's pressing. And Matt Rule's being asked about this. Matt Rule's being like, well... Obviously, A, the offensive line's got to help Sam, but also B, like I've said before, Sam needs to come in here and do his job and not try to do too much. The same stuff that got him in trouble for three years in New York. Like, at what's, so what? The situation has to be, he has to have all pros on the offensive line, has to have all pro running back, which he has in Christian McCaffrey, has to have all pro wide receivers, and then he has to have the greatest offensive line ever for us to be able to then criticize Sam Darnold for not living up to expectations as a third overall pick out of USC. Like, I don't want to hear it. People are giving this man leeway that they never gave Teddy Bridgewater. I don't want to hear it. 
He's brought in here to win football games. He's brought in here to potentially be the franchise because they made a massive gamble on him to come here in the last six quarters. We saw all the stuff that I warned you about that I was concerned about and why I was not sold and still am not sold that he is the right guy here in Carolina. Again, I'm willing to wait and see what happens moving forward. But recognize that Tepper, I bet he was pissed off on Sunday watching that, watching his quarterback for the second straight week throw the game away in the second half. I don't, I can't imagine he's happy about that. This game was winnable last week at a certain point in time against the Cowboys. I mean, they were up at the half, 14-13. That was a winnable game. But then the same issues, third quarter struggles, offensive line, and a quarterback that has been terrible for three seasons showing the same issues that he had back in New York. Like, seriously. When are we allowed to criticize Sam Darnold? When? I'm just asking. Now, I'll tell you who we're not going to be criticizing. And even though I did echo the same sentiment on Sunday following the loss, Matt Rule had some words for the Carolina Panthers defense that had a lot of people upset when looking back at the loss of Philly 21-18 to on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium and his day after press conference on Monday. So we'll get into more of that here in just a moment. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for yet another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I'll also add this. It's no coincidence that Sam Darnold's struggles have coincided with Christian McCaffrey no longer being in the ballgame for the Carolina Panthers. Now, Matt Rule's hoping that Christian McCaffrey will play on Sunday against Minnesota Vikings. They certainly will need him to because offensively, wasn't great on Sunday against an Eagles defense that had given up 40 points back-to-back games to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Now, of course, those guys are two of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League, and Sam Darnold is not that, as we've seen so far so this season and throughout his career. And, and so, look, it, when McCaffrey comes back, having that safety valve, and I brought it up, pass protection, I, there was some... Royce Freeman, I think he had a pretty good one uh, in that game. But Chuba is not great when it comes to pass pro. But Christian McCaffrey is able to sometimes mask the issues that you have there in the interior. And I can name multiple times this season where a guy like John Miller, who's really regressed, or Dennis Daly have whiffed on a block and Christian McCaffrey stood up to save the day to allow Sam Darnold to maneuver the pocket and to be able to throw and complete a pass, especially that 57-yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson in week one. So Christian being out there will certainly help the quarterback. This is what I said about Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, no, of course, he's not 
the long-term answer. Obviously, we know that. But he's not that bad if you have good things around him. Like we saw in Minnesota in the five weeks he started for the Saints, you can win football games with him. Last season, the Carolina Panthers were a young team with a overhauled roster, new head coach, first-time play caller, a new DC who didn't even get to run the scheme that he wanted to run because he didn't have the pieces. So, of course, they're going to struggle. Yes, they were competitive in every single game and not going down and scoring late in the game. That's why Teddy's not here, and that's inexcusable, and I'm not going to sit here and cape for him when it comes to that. But not having Christian McCaffrey for 14 games, I guess 13 games technically since he didn't start against Detroit, that doesn't help. And as we see with Sam Darnold, a guy who needs help around him and needs that safety valve. Not having Christian McCaffrey the last couple weeks has hurt him. And it's not like he didn't have a running game there on Sunday. Chuba Hubbard ran for over 100 yards. And Matt Rule said that without a couple penalties, he might have run for 130. So it's not like he didn't have some help in the backfield on Sunday. Darius Slay did a fantastic job picking him off twice and holding DJ Moore to a fairly pedestrian day. Only, what, five receptions, 42 yards. Robbie Anderson, he's got to be better. I know he's visibly upset. Matt Rule said on Monday at his press conference that apparently what Robbie was talking about was that he could see that the Lions, not the Lions, the Eagles, <laughs> were sitting back and they were, you know, waiting on, on routes and he wanted to do a double move. But again, you know, it's not like you have the time to really run a double move. But either way. They figured out Joe Brady's offense, and that's the second straight week we heard about um, the players jumping routes because that's what happened with uh, Trayvon Diggs last week where he's just like, you know what? I'm done here. I'm going to let this guy go by. I'm going to wait here and figure this out. Jumped on it. And then there was another one that got jumped on in the fourth quarter. That should have been an interception on one of those touchdown drives the Panthers had at Dallas as they made that game respectable. But like with Sam, he has an opportunity to do fine here, but getting Christian back will help him out, obviously. He loves Robbie. I mean, not, he loves throwing the ball to DJ Moore. I don't know what the Robbie Anderson thing. Like Robbie's, there's situations in that game, like that third down, third and three, whatever it was, and Robbie doesn't get make that catch. I mean, it hits you in the hands. You got to catch it. It's also a bad ball, so it goes both ways. But still, you can be upset all you want, but you got to be able to make those plays. Matt Rule said the same thing. Just the Darnold thing, man. It's just like. It, it honestly, like, look at it. Look at it. Uh, you can point out all the the reasons, which are really excuses. Because people aren't making these excuses for other folks out there. You can point out all the reasons, excuses, whatever. He didn't do well in New York. The numbers he put up there for three seasons. He's lucky that he even is in the league still. Like seriously, he is fortunate that a team went out there and traded for him because it didn't seem like there was much of a trade market. The Carolina Panthers were out there trade. They were like they're gambling against themselves. They give up second round, fourth and six. Now they got the fourth and six back, but the second round pick's not coming back. And you definitely, when you've already have, you don't have that many picks as is right now, and Scott Fitter will get those back. You definitely don't want to have lost a second round pick when we've seen what that has turned out to be over the last two seasons here in Carolina. Darnold has time. He's got to be better. Again, I don't want to hear the excuses. Don't, I'm, don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to hear him at all. I really do not. Like he, this is who he's been. His entire career. Like, I don't want to hear it at all. Seriously. And also, what I don't really want to hear is, like, Matt Rule saying that the defense, it's their fault that they lost on Sunday. And, okay, so here's the better thing. I'm not going to read the quote. I'm just going to go out here. I'm going to put out this audio to let you listen. It was two separate criticisms of the defense that Matt Rule pointed out in his press conference on Monday. Here they are. There'll probably be a little bit of thing out there like, hey, you know, defense played well in the own. It's two weeks in a row now the defense had a chance to stop the opponent and get the ball back to, to go down and score, and uh, we weren't able to do it defensively. So 
but really a really a, just a, a disappointing day. You know, I, I know a lot of questions are going to be about the offense, but if, if you have a lead in the fourth quarter with the players we have on defense, we should never lose. We should never lose. And so um, I hope our defense shows up today with that mentality. It doesn't just fall victim to the, oh, you know, the offense turned the ball over, da 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 da, da. Like, like we, we all get that. No, no one's taken it away from the offense. This is a team loss. Um, special teams, offense, defense, um, we, we've got to play better. In principle, I agree with what he's saying. Now, is that something that the head coach needs to be saying on Monday? Like, yeah, you want to say the quarterback didn't play well enough, certainly, but please, he didn't even he didn't even really throw the quarterback under the bus. The guy who threw three picks. His choice to be hopefully the franchise here in Carolina. He didn't really even say anything about Darnold, but the criticize the defense twice and he brings up Robbie, like special he didn't even really even talk that much about special teams. Like that's just kind of wild to me. Defensively, and I said this on Sunday, it's been back-to-back weeks where the defense had an opportunity, final drive of the game, to be able to get off the field, give the offense the football back, and both times they didn't get out there and do it, okay? That's just that's just stating facts. When the coach says it, it feels like you're throwing them under the bus. When, like, I say it or anyone else say it, says it, like, on a podcast from the media, it's just, you know, an opinion that we're being like, well, it's not really an opinion, it's a fact. Like, they didn't go out there and get it off the field. You, got, you want to hope at some point in time as bad as the offense was, that hopefully the defense can bail them out. But let's be honest. Even if they get off the field on Sunday against Philly, those guys aren't going down the field and doing anything. Like, if anything, Sam Donald's going to have a four-interception day. Especially the fact that the Eagles have figured out the whole scheme as that's what led to the third interception. So Matt Rule, yeah, he's right. Like, they have, there's a ton of talent on that defense. They're a very good unit. But we've seen time and time again so far this season that they can only do so much. And Dak Prescott got after him. The Eagles started moving the ball down down the field. But really, they hadn't done anything all day. The defense got that offense two takeaways there in the third quarter on back-to-back plays. And the offense did absolutely diddly squat with it. So, is it really the defense's fault that you lost the game? Because that's where I pointed out. That's where I believe the turning point was. That's where I believe they lost the football game. Maybe the turning point might have been the block kick. That might be more of a turning point. Where they lost the game, in my opinion, was when they had that third quarter opportunity. Or it's the offense that played poorly in the third quarter. Not the defense, the offense who had a bad third quarter. Again, they didn't do anything with those two takeaways, both by Dante Jackson. That's where the game was lost on Sunday. So no, I do not want to hear Matt Rule pointing out that the defense didn't get off the field back-to-back weeks. While it may be true, and maybe that could be a criticism, they're really not the people that need to be criticized. If anybody needs to be criticized, it's him, because he's the head coach, and it's Brady, who's the play caller, and this is his offense that's not moving the ball. It's Darnold, the quarterback, who was brought here because Rule wanted him, and that Joe Brady had met him when he interviewed for the Jets guy and the job, and they felt like this was the right system for him to stop making all these dumb mistakes that he's been making back since he was time at USC. So magically, apparently, this was going to be the elixir to cure Sam Darnold from all of his turnover woes, which... Right now, hasn't been the case. Has not been the case at all. You can blame the offensive line, but you do not need to be blaming the defense. You can blame Chase Blackburn, his special teams unit. You can't blame Zane Gonzalez, though, because that man made every single kick and he had a bunch of touchbacks on Sunday. He was the least of our problems. And it's been interesting how Matt Rule's been like, Sam Darnold's been the least of my concerns, the least of my concerns. You can't block at all. And when you can't block, he crumbles. And we don't have McCaffrey out there. 
he crumbles. Like, come on, dude. Criticize him, not the defense. All right, more takeaways from Monday's press conference from Matt Rule. And there's one thing in particular Matt Rule said to me about the game on Sunday against Minnesota that really stood out. So, yes, the Carolina Panthers are not in desperate need, but they definitely need to go out there and win on Sunday at home at Bank of America Stadium. Get into more of that here in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box and then we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Safe to say Sunday against Minnesota is a big one for the Carolina Panthers. Started out 3-0. All the questions were, how real was it? You look at the schedule, the rookie quarterbacks, what was going on with the Saints. Were the Carolina Panthers really good or were they frauds? Then they lose to Dallas after having a great first half. Then, of course, a stereotypical terrible third quarter. Two interceptions by Darnold. Game's over. Yet last on Sunday against the Eagles. Philly, not a good football team, but Carolina did every single thing in that game, not being able to recover that fumble in the end zone, not being able to capitalize on the two takeaways, not being able to take care of the football on offense, just special teams, another lapse in blocking assignments on that block punt, just a myriad of issues that all popped up on Sunday that culminated in one of the most inexplicable losses that we've seen the Carolina Panthers franchise ever have. So Sunday's big against Minnesota, and the Vikings are a two and three football team. And I honestly, you look at the, what they've been able to do, and yes, they barely beat the Detroit Lions on Sunday. They needed a fifty-four yard field goal to be able to win that football game. And Detroit, they haven't won. They're zero and five. They're not very good, but they are competitive, and they're playing their hearts out for Dan Campbell. And at some point in time, I honestly do believe. That he's going to be able to turn that thing around, and Detroit's going to be a competitor. Now, when they get Aaron Rodgers out of that division after this year, most likely, then that might be Detroit's opportunity to pounce. Chicago has fields and all that kind of stuff. We're not really sitting here talking about the NFC North. We're talking about the Vikings, 2-3, and three, lose that game week one against the Bengals, had an opportunity to win that um, in overtime or in regulation. They tied in regulation. I think then Greg Joseph missed another kick. They had an opportunity against the Vikings or against the Cardinals on the road to Make a kick. Greg Joseph misses. They blow out the Seahawks. I think shut them out in the second half. 
Uh, Browns was a horrible just game offensively. The Browns defense took them down, and then they get the 54-yard winner against the Lions on Sunday. So this is not a bad football team. Kirk Cousins has been playing out of his mind so far this season. Dalvin Cook's been dealing with some injuries, but Anthony Madison's really stepped up, or Alexander Madison, rather, um, has stepped up for him, for for the team. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, love those guys and what they provide. And Mike Zimmer's defenses are known to get after you. And this is a team... The Panthers saw last year that beat them in a very similar game to what we saw and witnessed on Sunday. And I would hope, and now there's new guys here, of course, I'd hope that they look back at what, they, what happened to them last Sunday and last year against Minnesota, and they're hoping that we cannot replicate what happened last year in Minneapolis and on Sunday against Philadelphia, that they got to move forward. And Morgan Fox and plenty of players like Matt Paradis have come out and just talked about how they're trying to move on and be one to know this week against the Vikings, that there was a lot of people who were upset. Hassan Reddick was visibly upset at the press at the podium on Sunday. And Matt Rule was visibly frustrated by what's occurred over the last two weeks, but really this last, on Sunday, with this team losing that game to the Eagles. And he came out here and said, like, he's gonna, we're going to find out on Sunday. We're going to come out here on Sunday and find out a lot about our team and what we're going to be moving forward against the Vikings. He just talked about the importance of this game. This is a team, again, who started off 3-0, was feeling good about themselves. The percentages say that 75% of teams or whatever period of time that start off the season 3-0, go to the playoffs. People are feeling like, oh, this might be it. Carolina Panthers, sole possession of the NFC South. Maybe this is no longer a rebuild. You go out there, get CJ Henderson. You go out there and get Stephon Gilmore, and you got and you get fired up. You lose one game with Dallas. Okay, so be it. Tough third quarter. Still not a bad football team. Cowboys are now 4-1 and one and look like they're the class of their division, the NFC East. And maybe the Cowboy hype is actually real for once. I doubt it, but maybe it is. Either way, you can't hang your head and lose. That's not a bad loss to Dallas. Now, Sunday was a bad loss to the Eagles. When you bring in a game and the way things are going with the offensive line and how the quarterbacks played over the last six quarters, it's hard to feel real confident moving forward because the O-line thing is not going to get fixed. Like Taylor Moten... At left tackle, like he's that's not his natural position. He should be over at right tackle. If anything, throw Brady Christensen over there. But the tackles, that's not really an issue. Even when Cam Irving was in there, and he should be back, according to Matt Rule, on Wednesday after missing Sunday's game and being out of practice last week with a neck injury. Even when Cam Irving was out there, like the Dallas game, he was not very good. And I don't think he's going to be very good moving forward, but still, he hasn't really been the issue. Even going back to the preseason in the Dresser Herschel game against the uh, number two, the twos of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, it's been the interior. It's been Matt Paradis. It's been John Miller. It's been Pat Elfline. It's been Dennis Daly. Like those, those four guys, the guards and the centers, those have been the issues for the Carolina Panthers. And like Matt Rule, someone asked him, I think it was Steve Reed of the Associated Press, asked Matt Rule on Monday about like, you know, are you now thinking heading into the draft, which is not until April, but still asking, you're now thinking that offensive line has to be a priority. And Matt's like, no, I'm not thinking about that right now. Like, that's a long way and like there's already guys on this team that are professional football players that just have to play better and we got to coach them better and yada 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 same old stuff that we keep hearing like you can't tell me this organization didn't know going into the season that they had a bad offensive line like I just don't I do not understand we go back to the first day of the legal tampering period and free agency starting and they're signing Pat Elfline and Cam Irving and that was just a move that that mystified me and is still mystifying a lot of folks it's utterly baffling confusing it's ridiculous that they thought that was the right move to bring in either one of those guys on this offensive line. Now, fine experience, versatility, yada, 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 whatever they actually value, that they add that. But they don't add talent. They don't add actually performing and blocking their man. 
when it comes to pass pro. That's not what's occurring here in Carolina. So it's just all this right now. And the thing is, they're three and two. And I said this on Sunday. They're three and two. This They're still in a good spot. If you look back last year, well, they were three and two last year. And you have to understand, like, this is still a slow rebuild. This is why I said eight and nine. I was kind of maybe regretting it early. And maybe who knows? In a couple of weeks, I might be back on like, hey, this might be a playoff team. I still believe they'll be in it. At, the, at Come December, when they get Buffalo and Tampa twice and they got to go on the road to New Orleans, I think that they'll be in it. Now, some of the games that we saw earlier on the schedule in that back half don't seem as tough with New England barely beating Houston on Sunday. And Mac Jones looks just fine, but still. Patriots obviously aren't the same team without Tom Brady and a lot of the longtime players that they had there, like one Stephon Gilmore who's here in Carolina. Arizona, 5-0, and classy NFL right now. That's on the road. That's going to be a tough game for the Carolina Panthers. A lot tougher than the one that they won against the Cardinals last season. It's going to... Boy, it's going to be tough. Like, moving forward, it's going to be tough. But I still believe this defense is good enough to be able to keep them around. The offense just at some point in time. They're going to get takeaways. The defense have continuously gotten takeaways dating back to the preseason to the first five weeks of the season. The offense has to go out there and capitalize. Defense, they need to continue to be good. But there's also, there's areas to improve. And I think that's kind of what Matt Rule is pointing out. Like, hey, late in the game, I get it, guys. Our offense stinks today. And it's not fair to you. But please, just get off the field. Give them one more chance. Give Darnold an opportunity to go out there and to basically wash away all the sins of earlier in the game and lead them to a game-winning drive or tie the game or whatever it is. I, I get that, what he's trying to say there, even though, it comes across more as criticism than just, I guess, you know, him just pointing out facts. And also, you look at the red zone. You got to be better red zone defensively. Um, so they're the defense is good. They're, they're really they're the least of the concerns. Gonzalez is actually making kicks so far, but special teams outside of that ain't great in terms of protection. And, and whenever Charlton gets a punt off, he's he's been doing fine too. But the O line, don't see how he gets fixed. The off the quarterback. I, he is what he he is who he is. Matt Rule said when Sam just plays within a system, he's excellent. I wouldn't say excellent, but that's what he said. But getting McCaffrey back, they'll have an opportunity to move forward throughout the rest of the season, be competitive, and be right there in the wild card hunt in December. And when we talk about this back in April and thought throughout the offseason, that I felt like any kind of market improvement, which you've already seen so far, especially defensively. Any kind of improvement from last year's 5-11 season, winning eight games, nine games, whatever it is, being right there in the hunt, playing meaningful football in December, like Matt Rule talked about and was heavily criticized about when he went out there and beat the Washington football team, costing them a top-five pick. Being competitive and being in those games late is very important. And it all starts on Sunday after losing two straight games to a good Cowboys team and a bad Eagles team. You got Minnesota coming to town with an offense that can hurt you and a defense that can get after the passer. Sam Darnold's got to step up. McCaffrey hopefully can come in and be the same guy that we've seen when he's been healthy in the O-line. I don't know what kind of hope you can give him the interior, but they got to figure it out. They got to do something to step up and be able to win that game because if they don't win against Minnesota on Sunday – You got back-to-back road games. New York had a a ton of issues, the Giants, that is, with injuries with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay that they they suffered on Sunday under the loss of Dallas and Atlanta. Uh, The Falcons aren't very good, but those are road games, and this is a young team. And if they lose three straight, particularly losing two straight at home, this thing could get out of hand real quick. So that's what Matt Rule says. We're going to see what kind of team we're going to be going after when we go into Sunday and how we perform and what happens. We're going to find out who we're going to be moving forward against Minnesota. 
If they win, we're back on track, 4-2. and two. Everyone's feeling good going on the road against two teams that are very winnable games and the team that's banged up in the Giants. But they lose, they go 3-3. Three and three. The concerns about the quarterback and the offensive line and the OC and the head coach and special teams are all going to continue, and we're going to have the same conversation again next week. Like I already know we're going to have the conversation about the offensive line, but we're going to continue to have the same issues and conversations if they don't get things figured out. And it's funny, like the NFL, it's a week-to-week league. We talk about it, how one week everyone's excited, one week everyone's mad as hell and concerned, and we're ready to throw, you fire everybody and throw, fire these people into the sun and yada, yada, yada. It's like, just win. Winning cures all, so they say. Win on Sunday against Minnesota. Get McCaffrey back. Get Darnold taking care of the football. Defense continues to do their thing. And the offense capitalizes on takeaways. Everything will be fine. And everyone will be happy and dancing around in the streets in Charlotte and all across the Carolinas. And we'll be all being nice to each other on, on Twitter and not fighting each other like we've been doing over the last 24 hours. So that's the hope. Important game on Sunday. Either way, win or lose, still got 11 ones after that. But that's one game that you definitely want to get, especially after losing a very winnable game and a game you had no business losing on Sunday to the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every Friday I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. So go ahead and get those into me now by either adding me or DMing me on Twitter. But first, click that follow button at Julian Council on Twitter. Thanks again to y'all. I keep telling you, we keep having the best week ever um, when it comes to listens and downloads on the podcast since I've taken over. And again, last week for the third straight week was the biggest week ever. And I know a lot of people are probably upset and trying to avoid listening to any sort of Panthers commentary following the game. And I'm the same way sports fan wise, whenever, um, you know, like especially when UNC football, I can't I can't do it right now. Like I was absolutely crushed this past weekend with that loss of Florida State, and then coming back and getting kicked in the groin again on Sunday with the loss of the Eagles. Like I can't take it. I get it. I want to run away too. But I really think a lot of y'all, not a lot, every one of y'all who tunes in to the show and has supported the show and continues to reach out to me on Twitter Twitter and continues to tell folks out there to listen to the show. So again, without you, none of this is possible. I'm just a guy talking to a mic to nobody. So thank you so much for listening, for supporting the show. Love y'all. Take care. Be nice to each other. Everything's going to be just fine. The world's not burning. The Panthers are three and two. Still good. Still plenty of time to figure things out, even though there are concerns. But keep pounding. Make it through your week. I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.